Hello, my friends. Welcome back. We are back again with all of those moments that you really wish someone would have told you about. My name is Callie, and yes, we took a brief hiatus because, well, having a baby will do that to you. Having a third baby will leave you feeling like you're on like the last leg of a 5K and someone just told you you're actually running a marathon. You know what that's like? Anywho, we're hanging on around here. It's a pretty thin thread, but you know, it's a thread. It's staying intact. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But how are you guys doing? What are your threads looking like? Still intact, I hope. Whatever your life is looking like right now, I think there's one thing we can all come together around. Sometimes you find yourself in the unexpected. Can I get an amen? And when it's unexpected and uncomfortable, well, now that, that is when it gets a little dicey. Lots of those moments happen to me in my 20s. So much life is thrown at you all at once. So many decisions, college, career, relationships, for some it's marriage and kids. How do we have enough brain cells to account for all of these decisions we're navigating? Well, you know what we like to do around here, right? We like to ask those who are a little ahead of us to look back and give us some insight into what in the actual world is going on around here. So my longtime friend Kaylee, she has walked through some of the most unexpected seasons and had to learn how to make decisions when none of them seemed really great to make. How to keep moving forward when you don't know what forward looks like and how to avoid getting bangs when that feels like the only next logical step. I'm so happy to be back with you guys. And can you just, I need a favor. All right. If you like what you hear, will you share it? Because this whole podcast world, it isn't really kind to those who take breaks. It really likes you to show up every single week. And that just, your girl here just, it could not be done. Couldn't be done. So I would be so grateful for just a hand up as we get rolling again. Now here's, before you think bangs will fix your problems, listen to this. Here we are back season. I really, I honestly couldn't tell you the number of seasons that we're on, but I'm with Kaylee who has walked through many a new season with me (laughs) and you with me. That is why I asked her to jump in on this first episode. She has seen me navigate probably every season since my twenties, early twenties. I mean, if you want to go all the way back, I was a freshman when you were a senior in high school. So I watched you graduate high school as I was starting it. I I feel like there's not that many years between us, but there are. Just the four. Those four years. Why does it seem so much bigger in high school? Oh, I thought you were a grown woman. Yeah. Doesn't it seem so much like to know that I was leaving high school right when you were starting feels like, gosh, you were so far behind me. I was 14, 13, maybe. I'm young. My body hadn't even come in yet. Okay. <laughs> it didn't happen until sophomore year. Speaking of seasons. <laughs> I hadn't even really hit puberty. All the changes yeah. that happened. Really? Not in middle school? I mean, I had, but like not, I looked like a string bean still oh. until my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. If you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You were at my wedding? Mm-hmm. Right? Well. I was at your wedding. Yeah. Vice versa. <laughs> and when I had kids and working when you got working. hired on mm-hmm. at the church, I remember your interview process. Oh, wow. I yeah. know. That decade between 20 and 30 mm. is full of a ridiculous amount of changes, if you think about it. Changes that you don't realize are going to be so hard to navigate almost until you're on the other side of it. So, When you look back on these different seasons, what I want us to cover within the next 30-ish minutes is what do you wish you had been more prepared for 
And what do you know? The only way to know how to walk through it was to walk through it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you Mm. go through these big shifts, how do you get your feet firmly planted when you get into a new season? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that comes to mind just in between 20 and 30 is that this isn't it. Yes, there are major decisions you're making for your future and who you marry or don't marry and school and all of that. But also, that's not it. Mm-hmm. I have been 10 different people in those 10 years. I mean, I am who I am today is well different than who I was 20, 21 even. I mean, you think about career changes, graduating, all of that happens in that span. And just the comfort now of knowing that this isn't it. Mm-hmm. If I make a decision in this decade, it's not who I am forever. I'm only ever going to change. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the first kind of thing that comes to mind that is now comforting. Mm-hmm. Then I thought everything hung on every decision I made. It does feel pressurized, doesn't it? I mean, from the time that you sit across from an advisor for college mm-hmm. and they're like, pick your entire life path right here, yeah. sitting here at 18 years old, pick your major and what you're going to do next. And you really, you don't know what you like yet at right. that point for the most part. I mean, what did you pick? I I knew at 18 that I wanted to go into ministry. That's not a standard thing. That was kind of a one-off God thing. Great. However, did not know what I needed to do to get my undergrad degree. Just needed to pick something. Mm-hmm. I started pre-med, LOL. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, if I'm going to into ministry, I'm going to be a, mi- a missionary. Because uh, like, you know. Well, at 18, when what you else? think ministry, you think that's, <laughs> that they're is. They're sending me to Africa. Yes. Well, he did not. <laughs> I need to be able to sew up some stitches. <laughs> he did not. And I wanted to be as useful as I could be. And I thought, oh, medical. Yeah, no, I'm not smart enough for that. Got a D in bio 140. I was going to say, did you like I hated it. Science? Oh, I hated it. So switch to the next level down. Don't be insulted. I went nursing. That didn't last very long. Um, switch to business because, okay, maybe I'll start a nonprofit in Africa. I mean, we're just like working our way yep. from the nations. And then I landed on child and family studies because I took a CFS class and I just loved the class. Like mm-hmm. it was just life and transitions and it was literally not just development, but like, you know, emotional and other things. Like it was just a whole, whole life kind of look. And I was like, Oh, I can do that. And then maybe I get my master's and you know, and seminary or whatever, but like this just needs to get me through. And so I ended up going child and family, but am I using that? No. Am I a teacher? No. Do I even want kids? No. So well, when I hear like child and family studies, I truly think uh, you know, you're going to go teacher, social worker. Mm-hmm. I would also be curious about your bedside manner if you were a doctor or a nurse. Oh, like, <laughs> I'd be terrible. It It is what it is. Suck it up. Because the nurses I've had are so, like, over-the-top sweet. Oh, yeah. And kind. Yeah, they're called to be and, nurses. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. gentle. <laughs> and I just imagine you as a nurse just being like, what do you want now? <laughs> Stop pushing the button. <laughs> I can't help you. You want crushed ice? Go get your crushed ice. But in ice. Africa, that's not what they're doing. In Africa, I'm, yeah, I'm stitching up people or I don't know. What do you You're get? in a war zone I or something. I have no idea. <laughs> Clearly, that wasn't called the missions. I didn't know that you changed your major so many times. And only in the first, like, two years. Yeah. And then I was good to go. Did you struggle making those changes, like pivoting so many times? Did you feel like, gosh, I should know? Or were you like, I've got to keep trying until I get it right. I wanted to be done. Mm-hmm. That was just my MO. I needed a four-year degree so I could go and do whatever else I was going to do next. But it was, it was just a guessing game, mm-hmm. which is 
looking back is so wild, but it is. It's just a guessing game. And um, it's okay. That and that's okay. It is okay not to know. I know I had so many conversations and I still have so many conversations mm-hmm. with college students and they don't know. And yeah. they feel shame for not knowing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's okay. And, I, and I'm and i not saying like, I maybe am saying you can't pick wrong if you're following kind of your call or your gut. You really can't pick wrong. It also, I think more so now than when we were going through college, take time off. If you don't know what you're going to do, I think this is more prevalent in guys. Like they're not sure. Mm-hmm. Don't do it then. Like don't finish the four years and spend all this money on something. If you think later you might be doing something else and you're going to go back to school or go back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all just kind of open. I think we've, I felt like I have to get a four year degree in four years. I don't want to waste my time. I have these scholarships or these loans or whatever. That's just not true. You can pivot a hundred times. And how often is it that we convince ourselves of truths that aren't really truths? Mm -hmm. You know, we're thinking, okay, everyone is going to think that I'm flaky if I keep changing or I'm going to lose out Mm -hmm. on something if I change it. Or be behind the time. I'm going to be behind or I'm not going to end up where I'm supposed to end up. We have these thoughts that we make into truths and then those start defining our decisions Mm -hmm. instead of the reality and the truth of the situation itself. My piece of advice to anyone who's trying to figure out what your thing is, you don't have to make a big commitment to try something. Right. You don't have to change your major to try something new. If there's an opportunity that comes along, you don't have to change your whole career to try something new if you're already out of college. If there's something that comes along that interests you, like a volunteer opportunity or, uh, you know, like a part-time like a side hustle that you're kind of curious mm-hmm. about, try those things. And that's when you're going to find out what... Yeah, if it you, lights your fire. Yeah, like what you really enjoy doing and what you're actually good at doing. It's in saying yes to opportunities and figuring it out that way instead of thinking it has to be right on paper Mm -hmm. and you have to do it just like everyone else has done it. Yeah. That's hard. Especially at that age. Cause there is a trajectory in life in America of going to college and getting married and having babies. And I think a lot of people find themselves at the end of that timeline, not knowing why they made those choices Mm -hmm. instead of knowing like, Oh, I went to college because I was called to be a nurse Mm -hmm. and I knew that was my whatever. And I, pursued it. And I got married because I was called to marry that person. And I had babies because I was called to be a mom or a dad or whatever. And instead we just wake up one day and it's like, Oh, I just did what I was supposed to do. And I think that's where people have like in your later twenties, like life crisis questions. Yeah. Like heck. there's something about the approach to 30 mm-hmm. that and 30 is really not that I can say that now because I'm 35. It is not that old, Mm-mm. but you feel like you're supposed to be, there's this pressure that you're supposed to be settled at 30. Yeah, you're supposed to know what you're doing. You're supposed to know. And you're be doing to, it. Yeah, you're supposed to have, you know, a spouse and kids and a career that you're, you know, you're at some sort of level, leadership level at. Um, but those are all, again, suggestions mm-hmm. that we make into facts. Mm-hmm. And we think this is my to-do list. And if I'm not checking these things off, then I'm the one that's in the wrong. Like, yeah. I'm the one. So how do you though walk in one of those uncomfortable seasons? Oof. Do you know, like yeah. one of those where I truthfully right now am in probably in one of the most uncomfortable seasons that I have been in to date. Um, I called Kaylee before we were coming to record and we have moved since the last episode. And, you know, I had Holt, my youngest, and then I tried to continue the season and I pivoted because again, 
I, I had to look at the reality of the situation and that I could not, but my thoughts were saying, everyone's going to be disappointed. The podcast is going to fail. You were holding yourself to that. Yes, but I could not maintain it. I mean, it was, we had a newborn and we were moving Mm -hmm. all at the same time. Right. And so I'd called Kaylee before we came and I was like, here's the problem. I've not recorded since we moved and I cannot find the recording equipment. We are up a creek, but we found it. It was in a random closet. (laughs) Any hoosies. This is, it's been an uncomfortable season because I truly am on the outside of everything right now. So we're in a new community and I'm sitting a little bit on the outside. We're making connections and friends and we had some friends before we moved up there, but it's not like living in the community you grew up in. Mm. And with work, the way that I'm doing work with contract, I'm always coming in to work on projects, project by project basis for the most part. And so I'm not the originator of the idea. Mm-hmm. I'm not the creator of the idea. You're not a lot in of the times. office day to day. Yeah. Like I'm not meeting with these teams. I'm coming in and saying, okay, let's orchestrate it this way, or maybe pivot to this direction. And so that feels a little bit like the outside as well. And even with church life, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I was on staff for almost 15 years and then once you feel like you're very much in it, it's hard to come out of it and then just show up and be like, just I'm attend. playing no role in this. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting and watching. Right. And so this is an uncomfortable season and I get ticked off mm-hmm. some days, you know, where I'm like, this is not what I thought it was going to be at this point. I mean, yeah. there's so much good still. And I think you can still see the good and have a hard time. Yeah. You can still see that there are good things, but it still feels a little bit yucky. I was actually talking to my small group about it last week. And I think in an uncomfortable season, you start looking for the help to come from a change in circumstance. Yes. Right. You're like, if this just was different, I would be content. And we start relying on our contentment within a, a circumstance that may or may not happen. And if we could just get that, then I'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that is probably the biggest trap in hard seasons. I think that's the trap that you have to continue to fight in the discomfort is, well, if I can just get a, a new situation, new job, if I can get a new, you know, if I can get into a relationship, mm-hmm. if I can, you know, if we start having kids or if we move, I'll feel better. And that's just not the truth of when God has you in a season like that. Yeah. I think... One of my like prominent seasons that comes to mind was probably like my 27th birthday because I was walking through a divorce that I didn't see coming. And I think 27 felt like I had, and I told, I talked to my therapist, I'm back in counseling, praise the Lord, but we're talking about transitions and seasons in my life because I'm in a different season that was five years ago. And back then I was thriving at work. I loved my job. We had launched a new ministry and I was getting my feet wet. And I finally felt like, Ooh, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then this came out of the side. And then all of a sudden I'm turning 27. I'm home alone in my house. My divorce is going to be final in December. And I'm like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm supposed to be thriving. And now suddenly like I have to step back and I'm wondering who I am outside of the marriage, who I am outside of the job at work, like all of the things that you, you know, go through an identity when you're changing in any circumstance, like not just relational. And I think that season was hard for several reasons. And because your circumstances aren't going to change, I'm not going to all of a sudden fix 
the marriage at this point. I'm not going to be married to someone else next year. I'm not going to just turn these things around. That's not what was in the cards for me. And I think it was just the showing up and this is terrible and it's going to be terrible, but I still have things I'm called to do, even if it's just called to heal. If that's all I'm supposed to be doing right now and the church was gracious enough to me to give me space to do that, then that's what I'm doing. I need to show up today and I don't need to think, well, this girl's getting married this summer. Like that should, that should be where I'm at. Or this girl's got this promotion or this girl's covering for me and my job. Ooh, that's tough. That's fine. This season is for me to heal. And looking back now, as I'm like trying to figure out this new season I'm going into, I needed all of that space and time. And at the time I didn't, I didn't see that. I mean, you were there for that. So like you saw all the raw and the the feelings and like, you don't know that going through it when something's pulled from you or taken from you or something you've done to cause something in your life or a change, or you left your job or whatever that looks like you moved states. It's tough and it's going to be tough. And you just have to let go of the, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be this far along says who like based on whose timeline, Mm -hmm. like my own, like, okay, great. But no one's life is linear like that. And I think the sooner you experience those things, and I think they do happen in our 20s. I mean, I was in my late 20s. That's when you can make those connections and realize this is just a season. And I kind of hate that word. I do use it. I do hate the word season too. I was thinking, what's a different word? But there's just phases. There's different Mm -hmm. moments that you've got to navigate. And they do last I love that you just said that it's not linear. No one's life is a straight arrow, a straight Even line. if it looks like it is. Yeah. And and from the outside, they probably want you. I wanted you mm-hmm. to think my life looked that way. Like, yeah, I linear want, and going up. <laughs> yes. Like we're just, we're up and to the right yeah. always. Um, but when you found yourself, let's, let's flip to the practical side a little bit in a, a season you didn't ask for, mm-hmm. a season you didn't want. Honestly, a season that you probably thought would look a little different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, a phase for lack of a better word. Going through a phase. Yes. But these, these days that start to run together before, you know, it, you look back and you're like, this has been a long time. Why am I still mm-hmm. like, why God, I was good with it for a little while, but are you hearing me? I mean, mm-hmm. there was a message recently um, where the pastor was talking about, he talked about being an outsider and then he talked about a desperate cry. And I was like, God, I, maybe you don't hear me clearly. <laughs> I am crying. <laughs> and again, I can see all the good. Like I can be grateful and thankful and I see it. But why am I not settled in it? Hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So on those days that you woke up and you're like, I can still see you're doing something. I have no question that you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. You know, because a, a lot yeah. of times our our good friends, our godly friends are like, he's still working. Yeah. He's still working. You're like, check. Yeah. He never stops. So (laughs) there's a song that says, (laughs) thank you. Um, But practically you see it, you know, it's true. You have these truths, but sometimes they just, your heart still is restless. It's still stirring. And you still look at someone else and you're like, this feels unfair. Mm -hmm. Practically what'd you do on those days where it just kind of stunk? Yeah, I said that a lot. I told the people that were safe and close. I knew it was on my timeline, and then a year or two had passed, and I was like, it's, okay, it's been a year. I'm. You can look back at my journals, and I am so like, okay, God, it's been a year. Like, that's it. Check. <laughs> like, what else? Done. As if human time even matters to him. As if I can graduate 
from this pain because it's been a year. Mm -hmm. And I just, our brains just do that because we need to have markers in time to feel like we're moving forward. But I think this morning as I was looking back at stuff and thinking through these seasons, the story in Acts 3 came to mind. It's just a beggar. This is a classic like Jesus in the gospel story, but a beggar is begging at the pool outside the temple gates and he's begging for alms. Like he wants money Mm -hmm. and he's just there and the disciples show up and they're like, hey, look at me. I don't have money for you but stand up and you're healed. And he goes and praises God. And it's just a quick, simple Mm -hmm. healing story. But it reminded me of like, kind of how I would respond in those seasons, like show up every day, right? So he knew this is the least I can do. Someone had to carry that dude there, but he's showing up every day at a place where he can get help. Mm -hmm. It's just not the kind of help he thought he needed. So the second thing was like, I thought I needed, I don't know, someone to affirm me or someone to see me and say, you're not done or Mm -hmm. someone to give me a new job, someone to bring a man into my life. Like whatever the thing is, Mm -hmm. the circumstance we were talking about earlier, I thought I just needed that. He thought he just needed money and he needed actual like physical healing and spiritual healing. He wasn't looking at the right thing. And they literally look at him and say, look at me, like gaze at the right thing. Like, where's my attention? Mm -hmm. If my attention is always on I'm sad and this is hard. And like, yes, like there are moments when that needs to be the case. But if I'm just looking down in on my sad situation, I will never have relief or climb out of it or get any word from God because I'm just sitting there going, God, why aren't you doing this? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you doing that? And I think he can handle all of that. And I'm a big proponent of that. Like tell him how you feel, be honest. But if that's all I'm like gazing down and looking at, I will stay there. Mm-hmm. I will stay there. And I've, I know people who are still in those seasons mm-hmm. because they're just looking down at their situation, whatever it is, and feeling sorry for themselves. And that's hard to say because I did that. Mm-hmm. I know I did that. Looking back now, I can say that. But he had to redirect his gaze and his attention. And he didn't even think, dude was not there for physical healing. Dude was there for money. Mm-hmm. He didn't even think that was possible. And so what am I also limiting to. What do you leave it on the table? Yeah. What am I like? You're asking for the bare minimum. Yeah. God. In God's eyes, it is the bare minimum. You know, a change of circumstance, it, that's easy for him. But that's all we ask yeah. for. That's like all. I don't know anyone else. I don't know anyone does that well. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, well, if you would just give me more money. Mm-hmm. Well, if you would just sell my house. Well, if you would just whatever, then I'll be great. And like, I know that's not real, but it's so hard to pull myself out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that point, the dude goes off and thanks God. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds so churchy, but just the fact of here's what I can see in front of me. Mm-hmm. I can praise him for that. And I think that's where contentment comes from in my life and my seasons. I don't need to be happy where I'm at, but I need to reach for my own health, a place of contentment mm-hmm. and knowing that God can change it when and if he wants to. Like, this is fine. This is fine. Mm-hmm. I will survive it. It is. You know, when you step back and look at it, I look back at the past, you know, couple of years. And while maybe what I thought would play out did not necessarily play out because of my own doing, a lot of times I would step back or step out because it just didn't feel like the next step that needed to be taken, even though everyone else said it should, should be the step that you take. It didn't feel like that was what was supposed to happen in my life in that moment, whether it was a job, whether it was a move, whether it was, you know, whatever. But I look back at the, what has happened, and this is again, the value of hindsight and the relationships that were developed Mm -hmm. with some of the people who are in my life now, who would not have been in my life previously, but one big step, you know, and just waiting and hanging out for a little while 
the relationships that were brought into my life have been incredibly, these are women who will be on future episodes this season who have been incredibly formational to me in this season that I did not have before because I didn't have time to pursue yeah, it. And before. you wouldn't have had. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have the space for relationships. And so again, I think what we leave on the table is way bigger stuff than we're asking for these small shifts that we mm-hmm. think will help us in mm-hmm. the moment. And we want the immediate relief what relief. Yeah. Like you talked about. And a lot of speakers will call it navel gazing. Mm-hmm. Like you're just looking down yeah. at yourself yeah. and you're thinking, what could be different? What could be better? Why is this not what I want it to be yet? Mm-hmm. And there is space for that. I mean, yeah. you see David in Psalms yeah. for a long time. There's a lot of space for that. I mean, once Psalm he says, how long are you going to make mm-hmm. me ask? Mm-hmm. But there's what's also, I don't want to miss out on is how he can do something and use me right now in the small ways. Maybe you're in a job that you didn't think you'd be in. Maybe mm-hmm. you're you know, in a small group that you thought would be different or better, or maybe you thought your friend circle would be bigger or whatever it might be. What can he do through you in that Mm -hmm. right now? Because he can still use you even when you, yeah. you're you not full on happy. Right. You know, like, right. He's what not, do you have right he's now? He's not waiting for us to be like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. You can use me now. You like, can smile fine. on your face. You're yes. ready to go. Um, but there's still something wherever you are, as long as you're in pursuit of Jesus where you're at, that means that's where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that guy. He said, oh, I didn't even know that healing was on the table. Yeah. But now that I'm healed, I can walk around and mm-hmm. tell people about it. I mean, his whole life changed. I still don't instant. have money. Yeah. He still didn't <laughs> so, have money. Still poor. Yeah. I still had nothing. But a whole new life. A whole fresh start. He had a whole, literally a whole new perspective because mm-hmm. he could get up on his feet and walk mm-hmm. around. And what can he do with that? Even though it wasn't More than what he expected. More than yeah. what he could have done. He could have eaten that day if he had, mm-hmm. they'd just given him money. I think that's really, I'd never read that passage from that viewpoint. It's just, you think about when you're talking about seasons and transitions, like even if you don't get that healing though, like I think that there's two sides of the coin always with God. There's two sides of the coin, the both and, and I think, yes, expecting God to do big things because he could, if he wanted to, and, but if not, he's still good. But if not, where do I find contentment where I'm at right now? And if God were to never do anything more for me outside of the cross, I'm good. Getting there, that's the opposite of the navel gazing. Like that's Mm -hmm. how, that is the only, some of the time, the only thing I could cling to, like he saved me. Mm -hmm. And if this is my life forever, I'm still, I still have everything. That is the big thing. Yeah. That he did, you know, that is, and that's on those hardest days. It, you know, it is, there are sometimes I've shared this story before where I'm like, that sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. Like, I deserve, mm-hmm. I deserve more than this. Oh, yeah. Even from that degree, when you look at how you got your feet firmly planted in these seasons and the things you had to hold on to when it was yuck, mm-hmm. I, I don't want this. What did forward look like for you? Um, oh, yeah. Because it, it always looks different mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel when when something's happening, it oftentimes doesn't feel like anything's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't know, sometimes that doesn't comfort me at all. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> but right now it's kind of sucks. Great. Like, but I don't want, I'm not looking great. back yet. Yes. <laughs> I'm not to the, I'm not to the look back. What did forward look like for you? I think in a lot of different ways, a lot of small ways, I try to control my forward 
Um, that's just how I'm operating. Oh, I want to get out of this. What can I do to make me feel like I'm moving forward? Which there's some merit to that. I like to think about fresh starts. Monday is a fresh start of the week. You can have a turnaround in your day or week or time, whatever, whenever you want, you can manufacture those so that you get motivation and integrate. Yes. Yes. And, but also there were moments when I like, I cut my hair off one year because I, I was that. like, it looked great though. I, I'm, I'm probably gonna do it again. I'm thinking yeah, about it. It's about time. But I can control my haircut and that makes me feel like a new person. Mm-hmm. There were things I was doing that was kind of like trying to manufacture that moment. New tattoo. New tattoo. New Jeep. New Jeep. I moved, you moved. apartments. <laughs> I mean, there were things I was like, I need to feel like there is something happening here and mm-hmm. I'm gonna progress. The progression wasn't happening on the outside. That was just my way of making it feel like it was. It was all inward Mm -hmm. stuff that I did not see. Mm -hmm. I did not see. I mean, yeah, still being in community was massive for me then, Mm -hmm. still choosing to do that because I could have easily been like, I'm going to hide in a hole. Um, Still making myself like do healthy things like work out and all of that stuff, yes. But I think the biggest thing was still committing to do the inner work even though that feels like nothing. Because looking back, it was everything. Like looking back now, as I'm in a new season of counseling and therapy, like we're unpacking some of that old stuff. And I had, there's just stuff I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what God was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. And I can look back now and see all that work and that time and space that I spent um, just searching his word, journaling, praying, asking people to come alongside me that is monumental now. Mm -hmm. God does not work on that timetable. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell myself that too. There are practical things I was doing to do the inner work when my outer circumstances weren't changing. Mm -hmm. But I also, the longer I waited for an outer circumstance to change, the more I was going to be in that space Mm because he had to teach me that there. And that meant time. Mm -hmm. And it still means time. The thing about discontentment though too is, and it's like a warning (laughs) on multiple levels, but decisions made within discontentment. Mm -hmm. Discontentment is the soil of disobedience a lot of times because we can mistake and the world kind of teaches us that discontentment and discomfort is a sign that you should do something different, Mm -hmm. that you need to change. Take control of your life. That, yeah, like you're not doing enough of something. And a lot of times we use that as an escape route and we're like, Oh, I'm uncomfortable. I don't like how, you know, I feel today. And so I must, I need to quit my job then, Mm -hmm. or I need to, you know, end this or start this or expect this of somebody else. And a lot of times if we're not doing that, like inner work, like you're talking Mm -hmm. and showing up for it, which is, I mean, there are some days truly, if I'm a hundred percent honest, I don't want to do my quiet time. Right. And I love the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not even saying that as like super churchy. Like I always get Mm -hmm. something out of scripture when I take that time to read it. It's always applicable for me. But there are some days I don't want to show up because I'm like, it's just going to be another reminder that it's okay. Yeah, it's not going to be the answer I want. Yeah, yeah. like you're not going to. And there are, there are some days that I get so, uh, it's the word blase. I don't, I'm not 100% I sure like what that, that word, word even means, but we're going to say it here. About what God will do that I'm like, I'm not even going to ask because you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is I feel like 99% of the time in my hindsight, he has done the thing in some form. Yes. But it hasn't been what the way that I projected on him to do. Like I give him my emotions and think that he has the same emotions that I do about mm. things. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That like my human emotions are the same way that he sees things and does things. Yep. And that's why my view of him can get so inaccurate so fast. And so one of the healthy things that I had to go do 
and that I still have to do is relearn his character. Mm -hmm. I have to go back and look for ways that he was faithful and look for ways that he was good and look for ways that he was just and look for ways that he showed mercy when it was not deserved. You know, like I have to relearn his character because then otherwise I project my character on him or the character of other people onto him and think that he's looking at me the same way, you know? And that's why he's not, I try to like, I don't know. It's like a true crime. I'm trying to figure out why he's not doing what I want him to do. Yeah. You know, what are the points? What, (laughs) what did I do and say, why am I still in here? And how can I get out of it? Mm -hmm. How can I solve this problem? But that is, that is probably my biggest warning that I've learned about discontentment is it is a breeding ground for disobedience Mm -hmm. because you just want out so bad that you create your next step and it's not necessarily God ordained. It's just your desperation. Yeah. That's creating it, you know, and you jump in or jump out. I will say I've not, I mean, the only thing you did, I mean, the worst thing you could have done was get bangs and you didn't go that far. I had that thought yesterday. I have never had the bangs. And I remember you did. And you said never to let you do it again. And then you almost did it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know. Don't get bangs. Just you're, if you're uncomfortable, the answer is not, bangs. it's never bangs. I'm sorry. Like if you're upset, the answer is not bangs. Go get highlights. That's not your fresh start. If you can look back and give a piece of advice to those who are coming behind you, who are like, Hey, I'm trying to figure out my way through this. Mm -hmm. It feels like a roller coaster. I have really high highs where I think I am nailing this. Mm -hmm. And I have really low lows where I think I have really low lows where I think I am not anywhere close to what I thought this would be like for me right now. What, what would you say? Yeah, I have these seasons. So this is still my life. I have questions that I would ask myself, um, kind of when I'm in these deals. One is, and I, we've already talked about this, but how can I still show up when it's not the season I want? So what does that look like? If that's showing up to your job that you don't like, or showing up in your relationship that's struggling, showing up in school and you hate your, you're not sure your major, but you still have to go to class, like showing up. What does that look like? What am I looking at in this season are focusing on like navel gazing. Am I looking at this one circumstance I want him to fix? Am I looking at this one person I want him to change like this outward stuff? And then this is more of a statement, but when God does answer or provide a way, it's probably not going to be the way you want, but when he does do something, any kind of thing, praise him there, period. Thank him there. Say it out loud. If you have to in your car, wherever you're at, I've been trying to do that as a practice, just saying, thank you, Jesus, for whatever the thing is that he has done. Even if it's small, uh, I find that helps tune my heart. And then am I throwing a pity party because God won't do something for me? And that is so sobering for me because I do that. And I didn't think I did that. But when I ask myself, is this just a pity party that I'm throwing because I'm not getting what I want? And that feels really humbling and childish. And then does my life like how I'm responding to this mess is my life and my response cause people to wonder about God and like who he is, his character, what we were saying, what he's doing. Are they looking at me and going, wow, like what does it say about God in her life? And that's not always great. And not always, I don't exhibit that at all times. Obviously I do have the highs and the lows, but like asking myself that stuff helps reorient me with that perspective that's more zoomed out, more, you know, outside of time and circumstance, like God's still doing something. And he's only asking me to show up and do my part. And then from there, I'm just gathering information, which we've said before, I'm just gathering information. And then once I have that information, he will open the door, the opportunity, the thing, and it won't be what I expected. 
It never, it literally never is. And the gathering of that information, though, is what equips you to know and to have the discernment and the wisdom when opportunities come. It's like I said, there will be opportunities. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have the amount of like escape routes that I didn't know were escape routes in the moment that I I could have taken. There, there will be opportunities to move out of that season. But if you're not gathering information, if you're not growing in wisdom and in discernment, Mm -hmm. then you're going to make a move that was never meant for you to make because you don't want to make decisions out of desperation ever. And these seasons can bring out desperation. I think that different seasons just require you to show up in different ways. And it's not always going to be the way that you're comfortable Mm -hmm. with or the way that you thought you would. And it's almost always in ways you wouldn't choose for yourself. Like how I have to show up right now, if you had asked me two years ago, if that's what I thought, how I would be showing up in my life, I would say, "Uh, no, (laughs) no, you're, you're so far off base, but you still choose to show up on behalf of who you're showing up for. Mm -hmm. So like, here's the deal. I don't love what, what's going on right now, but I'm still, I still show up for my kids. I still, you know, show up for the, the people that I get to work with right now. I still show up for Ryan. Mm -hmm. I still show up for my small group and show up for the community in my life and for the new connections that I'm getting to make. I'm going to show up in all of those ways. And it might not be as who I want to be right Mm -hmm. now, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm still being formed and the people who I am showing up for are a part of that formation. And it kind of is not great some days, but like you said, I want to keep seeing when it is great yep. and what is great. What about is great it. about it now? Because it's still a privilege to be used and I know he's still using me. Mm-hmm. And so it might not be like what I signed up for. It's not a box that I checked off, you know, not that he ever asked, but if he had, <laughs> he I would have told him he? exactly, you know? <laughs> okay. You know, the question I'm coming with, we've had a great summer, a hot summer. I'm sweating right now as we record this and we're inside in air conditioning. Uh, what is something that you're super into that you're so happy someone did tell you about. I need to know yours, your summer thing. Okay. I am very into, I have a new breakfast. It's my power crunch bars. Oh, power crunch. Yeah. They are. Okay. They are the flakiest things I've ever eaten in my life. And you can always tell where I ate it because there's just crumbs. All They are delicious. Mm -hmm. I I eat one every morning and I also have my Stoke coffee Mm -hmm. with almond breeze sweet creamy um creamer in it yeah that's my my like I look forward to starting my days Aww. because it's so that coffee and my power crunch bar and yelling at the kids to get in the car like those are my yeah, that's, that's how I that's start my day. mornings <laughs> that's, that's the morning wake up <laughs> brush your hair that is usually what's going on but it is that is those power crunch bars I've yet to have a flavor I don't like yeah they're good they're I don't so, get how it how they work but they don't good. taste chalky they're not high mm-hmm. in sugar but they are high in protein I have absolutely loved them. And I also still love my super goop. It's something I've talked about a million times. Yeah, I'm a big glow screen It's girl. my summer thing. It's the glow screen. I love it. It is 1000%. I wear it every day. I feel like I have a lot of things and I can't narrow down a big one. One is something I'm not going to gatekeep. And it's a brand called Crazy Yoga. Um, I think there's no A in the crazy. I think it's oh. C-R-Z-Y. It's just a brand. You can get them on Amazon, but they're also, they have their own site. It. It's Lulu dupe-esque. So the only thing I've tried though is shorts and leggings, but I paid $15, I think, for a pair of high-waisted workout shorts. They're squat-proof. They're, they don't roll down. They're very high. They're past belly button high, which is just kind of what I need. Which is the dream. 
I am telling you, I told someone at the gym, I bought them this morning. Um, crazy yoga, 15 bucks. I bought the shorts. I think, I mean, I love Lulu. I really do. I'm that girl, but, uh, I don't have the Lulu budget. So, um, that's one. This thing. is Lulu on a budget. This I will say I've gotten some great shorts at Walmart lately. You, everyone keeps talking about Walmart fashion. I don't have one near me. But That's I just true. keep seeing people post their like hauls and stuff. And I'm like, where, where is this Walmart? I got these high-waisted, great, like loose, but tight at the top, like ruched, mm. that just all the things. And I get compliments every time I wear these shorts. Every single time I wear them. Someone asks me where I got them. Walmart. And I say Lulu. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. And I lie. <laughs> and I make them go spend $90. It's more than that. Sure. And I say Walmart. Yeah. My second thing is an app, which you already know. It was called Journal. But they recently rebranded. It's called Laps now. Is it? Yeah. They changed their I logo. I didn't even know that. They changed their name. I don't even know why I like it. I also like it. It's a giving lot. me 90s nostalgia. The point is, you take a photo on your camera and it has its own camera. Take a photo and it's like a disposable camera. So mm-hmm. it has to develop. So it'll give you a notification once your photo has developed and then you like hold down a button and it vibrates with you. It's just the, it's intuitive. I love it. Um, and then you just can share it or not. You can save it. You can do whatever you want with it. I literally just took a picture on it of you. It is so fun and it doesn't store in your camera roll. So Mm -hmm. I have a new puppy in the last (gasps) six months. I know George. And so it's just all George, but it's not on my camera roll. It's not taking up space. And it's just cute and fun for me to snap random things throughout the day, wait for them to develop and be like, oh, that's cute. Share it or don't. And then you can interact with other people's snaps um, with emojis and they're just so unhinged and chaotic Mm. and they don't mean anything. And I just love it. I love the emoji reaction. It's so fun. Guys, I am like slowly pulling myself away from various social media apps because it's just... I rarely close them and feel great. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like I rarely am like, I am better for having just spent my time here. Mm-hmm. But journal, I almost always, or whatever it's called now, lapse. Uh, lapse, yeah. Yeah. No. I almost always get off it and I'm like, that was fun. It's fun. You see your friends, babies mm-hmm. and their kids. And it's and- none of it. It's like perfect. Nope. Everything's just like, I liked, I literally saw a senior's parking space that they had painted at the high school when oh, I was by yeah. there the other day. And I was like, that is really cute. Yeah. And I just took a picture of it and it developed and, and that's it. I posted it on there and I was done with it. Like I it traded is- my be real for it. Yes. I also got off Twitter. I'm done or whatever with the X. I don't, I, yeah, don't. be real. I, it always tells me, notifies me, it's time to be real. And I'm like, I don't want to be real because I'm almost always doing the same things. I'm always holding a baby. Yeah. I'm always making food or laying there. You know, like yeah. it's never exciting. You don't need to see this. I don't want you to see the reality of my <laughs> life sometimes, honestly. Um, but yes, journal, love it. Okay. Hey, welcome back. Happy season. Seven, I really have no six, idea. Five, this thing started in 2019. Oh my goodness. Or 18. Season 10. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. We're different. We're thriving. We're thriving. I know, I am.